Hello and welcome to Let's Talk SOC, a podcast series brought to you by SecureWorks, a leader in cybersecurity, focused on empowering security and IT teams worldwide to better prevent, detect and respond to cyber threats. I'm Professor Sally Eves, your host. And joining me today is Carl Falkenhagen, VP of Product at SecureWorks. Welcome, Carl. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Sally. It's great to be here. Yeah, maybe just to start us off, could you just share a little bit more with the audience about yourself and your role and perhaps something that's mattered along the way in your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been with SecureWorks now for a little over five years. I lead the product management and user experience teams here at SecureWorks. I came on as part of a, a small team that set out on a mission to redefine how we deliver detection and response for customers and built the Tejas platform and the Tejas services that we have. And so it's been a ride for the last five years. We've gone from kind of a concept of something we wanted to build to building an initial version. And we now have thousands of customers that we are protecting with the Tejas platform today. Oh, that's superb. Thanks so much. You set the scene really, really nicely for our kind of main subject area today on all things EDR. And we've seen, you know, organizations relying so long on endpoint security. But more recently, we've had this evolution. You described that evolution so well, actually, in your, in your answer just now, Carl, but the evolution into EDR. So what are you thinking and seeing at SecureWorks in terms of this continued transformation and emphasis on security and how well-placed it actually is? Yeah, so I think especially with the focus on endpoint, you know, there was NGAV at first and then kind of transitioned into EDR and there's a lot of focus on the endpoint. What we find is that the endpoint is necessary, but it's not sufficient. So 60% of the cybersecurity threats that we see uh, within the Tejas platform, they come from outside the endpoint. So they're coming from email systems. So think like business email compromise, phishing attacks, coming from cloud workloads, identity systems, account compromise type attacks that, you know, we're getting that telemetry from Active Directory and other identity providers like Okta. Uh, and then network visibility. So while the network has kind of moved to the background over the last decade or so from a security perspective, it still plays a key role in providing kind of comprehensive protection across the environment. And we just see this pace of change continuing where the organizations will continue to move beyond the endpoint and they'll focus more and more on holistic coverage. And so as they continue on their digital transformation journeys, you see endpoints, you know, managed endpoints and servers kind of giving way to bring your own devices and mobile devices and container-based workloads. So while there's a critical role that endpoint technologies like EDR will continue to play, they're not sufficient in and of themselves in being able to really protect an organization holistically. Oh, so well described, Carla. I couldn't agree more strongly. I, I've been writing something literally earlier on today, actually, entitled Endpoint Security. Kind of your barriers are not yours anymore, if you see what I mean. Those different different areas, the vertical and horizontal, for example, um, types of threats we're seeing today. But they're just coming from so many different areas, these vectors of change, even to the extent of collaboration, you know, bad actors coming mm-hmm. together and reimagining security threats like Emitet is one example of that, too. So, so many different things to contend with. So I think you've explained that evolution really, really strongly and why. EDR can make a big difference. And you mentioned there a little bit too about telemetry data. I'd love to come back to that. And you know, how helpful are you seeing EDR in its role for stopping attacks, particularly when adversaries have already done a lot of research into how to fall or circumvent endpoint defenses? I think, I think that example actually of Emotet is a good one there in terms of that reimagining is kind of like the chameleon, really, I think, of security threats today. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So I think the endpoint came onto the scene and it provided a level of telemetry and visibility and understanding as to what was happening on the endpoint that prior to had been really hard to get for security analysts. Like the kind of fidelity of that telemetry was amazing and it allowed them to do their jobs much more efficiently than they had been able to do in the past. What we're seeing now is some of the comparison that I like to draw is EDR is to NGAV in many ways what XDR is to SIM. And what I mean by that is NGAV collected some telemetry from the endpoint, and it had obviously the capabilities to evaluate rules and IOCs against the, the processes and the files that was seen. It was really EDR that came along and said, okay, there's more telemetry on the endpoint, and we're going to correlate it and stitch it together in a way that it provides meaning to an analyst. Very similar to SIM. So SIM pulling in a bunch of data from a bunch of different sources. Oftentimes, that data is not very well correlated. You don't really understand how patterns of activity are occurring kind of across an environment, so horizontally, like you mentioned. And that's really where XDR has come onto the scene. And it allows you to not only ingest that data from a wide variety of sources, but it stitches that data, it normalizes it, it correlates it in a very deep way from all of the different systems that you have. It runs a range of detection algorithms on top of it, everything from indicators compromise through more standard rules, through advanced machine learning and deep learning-based detectors. Very importantly, it provides very strong response capabilities. So it gives the analysts the tools that they need to quickly kind of triage, investigate, and respond to the threats across all of that data. And then even begins to really open up the opportunity for things like threat hunting um, and being able to do effective threat hunting across the environment. One of the other things that we see a lot of the the XDR vendors in the market offering today is really beginning to offer security services on top of the platform as well for those customers that are looking for assistance and partnership. Excellent, excellent. I love what you made there around facilitation and the power of partnership. That aspect, I think, is so, so key, particularly when we you know, look at the scale, the scope, the sophistication even of some of these threats that we're talking about today. But also love your point there is about doing this well, optimizing that telemetry data can really give you that active intelligence that we all need and also reduce the load. You know, we're seeing quite a lot mm-hmm. in terms of security teams, et cetera, you know, managing kind of like almost like a threat overload, if you see what I mean, with that noise of data being granular. We had to pick out the things that really matter the most and react to that increasingly in real time is absolutely key. It helps us to get ahead of these threats rather than be reactive to them. So I think that's hugely significant. Thank you, Carl. And talking about this in a little bit more detail, so this kind of looking ahead, being more forward thinking as a cybersecurity organization today, how would you advise moving forward? So moving away from, say, a reliance on EDR and really scaling up to deal with the different vectors of change we discussed today, but also the increasingly you know, cloud-based world and endpoint-less world that we're living in. So what mm-hmm. would your advice be there? You know, for example, as a starting point, would you be kind of sticking with an EDR vendor as they scale out their platforms to do more? Or would you be looking at things like team upsizing or focusing on security operations and looking at kind of that evolution of combining EDR with XDR into the future? So I think most organizations, especially in the macroeconomic environment that we have at the moment, organizations are looking for solutions that can effectively reduce their risk and have kind of a proven return on investment and a low total cost of ownership. In many ways, what that begins to lead to is a little bit of consolidation, right? Can I consolidate the partners that I'm working with? Can I get kind of more bang for for the investment that I'm making? What we're seeing more and more of an acceleration of is 
customers that are looking to XDR vendors and looking to MDR vendors. And obviously, both of those kind of sit at the peak of inflated expectations at the moment. You know, every vendor is kind of touting their approach to, to XDR and MDR. But I think there's things that you can absolutely look for that are critically important uh, as you go out and, and evaluate the landscape. I think from a XDR perspective, there's different approaches that are being taken. There's the SIM and SOAR vendors, which are trying to kind of position what I would say are kind of the previous generation capabilities as more of an XDR solution. There's EDR vendors that are saying, well, XDR is really nothing more than kind of EDR plus some other telemetry. And then there's the pure play providers that really built kind of a cloud native XDR platform from the get-go. And that's really where the SecureWorks Tages platform fits is in that third bucket, really from the beginning a focus on building something that we felt would meet the needs of organizations, be able to effectively stop threat actors in their tracks across an organization. As you, as you look at the criteria of requirements for an ex- effective XDR solution, you know, it's really... What's the breadth of coverage that it has? What are the response capabilities that it has? I mean, can an analyst effectively do their work completely within the platform? Or are they still going to be bouncing around between a number of individual security controls to get their jobs done? And then what sort of value-added services can be applied to that XDR platform? And that's really typically where MDR comes into the picture. And with all of the kind of skill shortage that's out there, the difficulty in building and retaining uh, security operations team, the cost of doing that, incredibly prohibitive to have a 24 by 7 SOC. Uh, what we're finding is that the vast majority of organizations really need that combination of XDR and MDR. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for bringing those examples to life there. I think you really kind of described the the trajectory ahead so, so clearly there. Really, really interesting. And I love the fact you've also mentioned one of the other key challenges today about talent gaps as well. You're absolutely spot on, whether it's security, um, testing, architecture, bigger gaps, you know, they're growing at the moment. And COVID has obviously influenced that, particularly around diversity and security too. And I think some of the work you do there to support the community and get more people involved in cybersecurity is really key too. You did an amazing initiative on that earlier in the year, which I was part of. So it's great the outreach work you're doing on that too at SecureWorks. So great to see that. And kind of going back to, to this this um, area around EDR versus true XDR, I think we've seen it through, through, the, through the discussion so far. We were aware that there's been some confusion around this, but there's real clarity about what people are needing. So it is, for example, reduced complexity, increased visibility, detection accuracy, getting in earlier to detect things, being more future orientated, and obviously a faster response when a threat and attack occurs. Do you think that any EDR vendors, even for example, some that do have a limited XDR ability can actually truly deliver on that? And if not, why not? I think they're really going to struggle to deliver on it. And it really comes down to what I would say, the the data architecture. So to effectively be able to correlate and normalize telemetry coming from a bunch of different sources so that you can effectively perform analytics on top of it, it really all needs to come into a central data lake where that activity is occurring. And so if you're in a situation where you've got your data sitting in multiple places because you know maybe you're trying to glue together different products that were built for different purposes and, and try to get them to effectively work together, you're going to really miss out in two areas. One is you're not going to be able to do effective detection because you can't write, or it's much more difficult to write analytics that can analyze data coming from different platforms. And then secondly, you've created a bifurcated experience for analysts. So they're job is going to be harder. Their workload is going to be harder because they're going to have to be pivoting between 
two different systems. Um, so I, I, I do think that EDR vendors are really going to struggle to effectively grow into what I would consider true XDR. I really think it's the vendors that set out with the vision from the the outset and built a platform capable of ingesting a breadth of different types of telemetry and correlating that together and analyzing effectively that are really going to end up winning in this space in the long term. Thank you, Carl. Really appreciate that. Again, I love the examples we're bringing to the fore throughout this conversation. It's super, super useful for the audience. And I think we've got time for one final question, if I may. Um, again, sure. drilling into EDR. And in some ways, it's been described, so should we say, as kind of the last standalone security response layer. But some research that came out in June of this year from Forrester XDR um, research study, they were finding that about 70% of organizations today are looking for more from their security vendor. And again, it's that power of partnership I mentioned earlier, working together that facilitation role to starve off threats and attacks. So are you seeing EDR vendors really offering that heightened level of partnership that clearly people are wanting more and more of? And again, I'm seeing that personally, organizations of all sizes. I think they're definitely beginning to offer in the traditional pre-COVID world five years ago, you know, you had your technology vendors and then you had your service providers and very infrequently where they mix, right? You are either a technology provider or you're a service provider. What we're seeing more and more of is a realization that to deliver effective security, you need to be able to deliver both technology and service capabilities. And so you see most vendors out there moving towards that middle ground, either service solution providers and service providers beginning to build out their own technology or vice versa, technology providers offering their own services. I think what's critical, though, is it all comes back to how holistic the solution is, because a lot of the EDR providers, for example, they're offering services, but those services are limited to what their EDR technology can see. And so what's a little bit disingenuous, and I think what um, some customers as they're looking at the market fall victim to is they think they're buying a comprehensive MDR service, but in reality, they're really only buying a managed service associated with that endpoint technology. And again, like I said at the beginning, you know, 60% of the kind of alerts that the meaningful alerts that we're triage and investigating and respond to, they're not coming from the endpoint. They're coming from those other systems. So it's critically important, especially when you're looking for an MDR provider, that you're finding a partner that can really support your entire environment, not just one particular security control within it. I couldn't agree more. I think when it, at the end of the day, when it comes to security, you mentioned the word very close to heart, that holism that you were talking about there, but it's so, so true. To embed security by design, it has to be that combination of the right technology support, but that power of partnership, investment in culture, the right type of process. You know, For example, change management that's also agile to change like CICD, and of course, investment in skills and onboarding new talent as well, as we've talked about a little bit too. So I love the fact that we've brought all of that into our conversation today too, because I think it's, it's hugely significant but all the different parts we need to bring together to optimize, um, as I said earlier, the good guys coming together rather than those bad actors and the, and the innovation we're seeing there. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Carl. Honestly, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I hope we can revisit this conversation as this sector continues to dynamically evolve. But again, pleasure to speak to you and great to see the investment support you're giving in terms of negating these tightening threat areas. Thank you, Sally. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening too. Let's Talk SOC is a podcast series brought to you by SecureWorks, a leader in cybersecurity, helping organizations reduce their risk, maximize their existing security investments, and fill their talent gaps. With their cloud-native security analytics platform, Tagus, they offer MDR and XDR solutions for better threat prevention, detection, and response. To learn more, visit secureworks.com.